Well, guys, we made it to uh, to the end, and uh, and I believe that God wants to do just a little bit more in our hearts and in our lives before we head down this mountain. Um, and so, I just want to uh, stop and pray, and then um, get right into it. So, let's pray, Father. We we come as men broken men frail um, not having all the answers and uh, and Lord as we've met with you we've we've realized that you you are the answer you're the one we've got to have you're the one we need to lean on Lord you're the one that has to get us through tomorrow. You're the one that, that is, is the one that gives us strength for, for the day and the difficulty ahead. Lord, you're the one in the moment of temptation that will get us out. You're the one that, uh, that gives us the strength to love beyond ourself. Lord, you're the one that can go uh, the distance when we can't. Lord, you're the one that carries us when we can't walk. Lord, you're, you're, you're the one that, that has to be our all in all. And so, Lord, this morning we, we come to you uh, desperate, Lord, uh, because we know that that's true. And so, uh, Lord, we give you this time and we pray that you would, you would go before us and you would, you would speak loudly, Lord, and that you would minister to our hearts, Lord. And we pray these things in Jesus' name. Amen. If you would turn, to me, turn with me to 2 Timothy 2, 1 and 2. It, it's right up on our screen, and, um, and no one's ever uh, uh, turned to it. And so I thought, hey, we should probably do that, you know? That's what the retreat's all about. So, um, which is perfect, because I have to be honest, um, I was... Uh, as I, I began to uh, study and prepare for this, I came with one message in mind, and then, uh, and, then, and then as I was driving up, the Lord said, no, I want you to do something different, uh, or I, I don't know if it was the Lord or not, but I was like thinking, okay, I need to do something different, and then last night, I was just wrecked, and I was like, I'm just going to scrap all of that, and then like go with something completely different, so I don't know what you're going to get this morning. But I know that it's going to be uh, uh, what the Lord wants because I believe that God's been speaking to us and he's going to continue to speak to us. And so, uh, so go here with me in 2 Timothy chapter 2. And it says in verse 1, You therefore, my son. So this is Paul the apostle and he's speaking to Timothy. And he's... He, Timothy has been his right-hand man in ministry. Paul and, and Timothy were close. They were brothers. They were, they were, they were uh, guys that did ministry. They got their hands dirty together. They built fences and, in people's lives, and they, they challenged men to be men, and, they, and they, asked the, they called the church to be the church. And then Paul, uh, Paul said, hey, I got to go, Timothy. See you later. Uh, God's calling me to Rome. And Timothy's, wait a minute, what, what, what are you doing? I'm, I'm young, I, I don't know, I don't know how to do this. 
Uh, it's, it's, this is too much for me. And he was overwhelmed. Timothy was overwhelmed. And, and Paul writes this letter to, to, to Timothy. And, uh, and, and, and Timothy, in, in, chapter, in, in uh, 1 Timothy chapter uh, 1, he tells Timothy to remain there. To remain in Ephesus because he's going. Because Timothy didn't want to remain. You know what I mean? Have you ever been called to something? Has God's called you to something? You're like, God, I, I, no way. I, I'm out. Like, and then you start to do it, and you're like, I'm really out. Okay, Lord, this is, I'm done. <laughs> this is beyond myself. Well, that's where Timothy was. And then he's been, he's been doing it. He's been faithful. And, and he's, he's been diligent to, to follow in Paul's footsteps. And then he, he, uh, Paul writes this second letter to him. In chapter 2, and this is what he says uh, in these first couple verses. You therefore, my son, be strong. Now, I like that word strong, right? Now, I don't know about you, but where's Zach? He's probably not in here. You know, the, Zach, the guitar player? I don't know if you, if, if, if you look at his arms and go, whoa, those are pretty cool arms. Those are some awesome guns right there. I was like, that takes some work. That's some strength. There's some work put into that to get there. Well, it says, be strong in, in, in the grace. Right? Be strong in the grace that is in Christ Jesus. Guys, I have to tell you, when, when we start to go down from this mountain, we're going to be called into something. We're, we're going to be we're, call, we're, we're being called into mission with the Lord. We're, give, we're, we're not just going to be a good disciple by ourselves. A disciple is a follower that gets others to follow him. So, so, so God is calling us into mission. And as he does, he says, be strong in my grace. Because he knows you're not, you're, you're not going to be uh, perfect. You're not going to do it all right. In fact, you're going to need God's grace in the midst of this. And so he says, be strong in the grace that is in Christ Jesus. And the things that you have heard from, from me among many witnesses, commit these things to faithful men who will be able to teach others also. You get it? It's not about us, guys. It's about accomplishing the call the purpose of our lives on this earth. First, we need to know Christ. We need to know him. And then we need to make him known to the nations. Make him known to your neighbors, to your family, to your kids, to your, to your wife, to, to your coworkers. It's got to be a lifestyle that's lived out and that there's, there's, a, there's a passing on to faithful men. And, and I want to challenge you this morning with some serious business. I want you to get serious about going home. I mean, we had a great time last night. God's been doing some stuff. He's been cleaning us up. He's been taking stuff out. He's been, he's been causing us to change. But is it, it isn't to just change for this moment and go, oh, that was so good. Can't wait till next year. You with me? 
It's about what we're going to go do. God is calling you into mission. As Jesus was leaving the earth, in Mark 16, 15, he says, go and preach the gospel to every creature. In, Mar- in Matthew 28, 19, he says, go and make disciples of all the nations. He's giving you a, a mission. He's, it's not the great omission, it's the great commission. He's called you into a mission with him. And you're like, well, you know, that's for pastors and those guys and those. No, it's for you. So let me challenge you. Are you serious about his mission? You know, I was, I was thinking last night about, I was looking at some photographs um, to kind of throw up on the screen. And I decided not to, but, but uh, there's this one, one photograph of this, this, this army guy. He was like decked out in all of the, he's got his backpack on, he's got the helmet and all the stuff. And he was like, you could see it in his face, he was determined he knew the mission that his commander had given him, and then he was determined to, to head out and get there and accomplish it. It was a serious look in his eyes, in his, in his face, and he, he knew, I'm, I'm going to go out and I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to accomplish this. Nothing is going to deter me. That's the seriousness of what God is calling you into. And sometimes we don't take it seriously. We're like, oh yeah, we're a Christian. Do you know what you're doing? Do you know what you signed up for? We're in the army, guys. And it's like, we're, we're in the army of God. He's called us into mission, and so it's very important. And then he says, uh, in, in Timothy here, he's, he's just challenging these guys, to uh, Timothy, to pass it on to faithful men. So here's the challenge before we get into the text okay, is you have to have faithful men in your life that you know of, that you're investing in. You can't pass anything on to faithful men if you don't have faithful men underneath you. Come on, right? Like, you've got to have a Timothy in your life. You have to be a Paul to someone else. You've got to rise up and take your place. You've got to start being the man of God that God's called you to be. Not just in your home, but wherever you are. Inside the church. It was a blessing to hear Devin last night when he shared his testimony. He was like, you know what? I came to church for five years and just sat around. And then God called me to step out and start doing something. And look what God's doing with my life. God started to use me because I took a step of faith. And started to step up. And started to rise up into the place that God had called me. He, he called him into mission with him. And that's every one of you. Men, if we did this, can you imagine what God would do with the church? Can you imagine what he would do with the men's ministry as if we stepped up and we started to take the mission of God seriously and we started to love people like Jesus did? We started going out into the streets like Jesus did? We started doing the things that Jesus did? Can you imagine what God would do? Much greater than he is now. 
But you have to have faithful men, faithful men underneath you. Now, when I, when I say the word study, what does that bring to mind? School, okay? What else? Books. Awesomeness. <laughs> school, now if I say school of discipleship, what does that bring to mind? <laughs> Work. Suffering. The word study... It brings, it brings to mind tests in school and books and hard work and maybe even cheating. Now, let me, now I want you to consider with me some st- statistics that I found. Um, a study of college students was taken, and 80% of college students admitted cheating on their at least once in their years of college. 80%. Okay? 36 of, uh, of undergraduates claim that they plagiarized uh, in, their, in, their, in their work in college. Now, I don't want you to raise your hand if that's part of you. In 1969, okay, that's many years ago, right? 1969, 58% of high school students said that, that they let someone copy their work in, uh, during, uh, during class <clears throat> uh, in their homework or whatever they needed to do. Another poll was taken in 2010, and it's 98% who said that they allowed someone to copy their work. 98%. There is a generation that's coming behind us that's being trained in the art of cheating. No one wants to do the work anymore. No one wants to do any hard work. It takes hard work to be a disciple, guys. It takes a hard work to be a, a follower of Jesus. It's not going to just come easy. You can't just stand here this, this weekend and say, you know what, oh, I'm done with pornography I'm done with, with uh, this, this struggle in, in, in sexual sin, and, and I stood up here, and I, I made that commitment, and praise the Lord, and, and all that stuff. But if you don't get serious about the hard work that it's going to take to overcome it, you will not win. And I have to tell you, you can't do it in your own strength. Remember? Remember what Dan was talking about? It's all that he's done, not what we do. It's not what we can do in our own strength. It's what he's done. We've got to start to lean on that and believe in that. So we, we live in a society that doesn't want to do a lot of work. Doesn't want to go through the difficulty. The hard work to get to where you need to go. I want you to make a decision in your mind today that you're going to start doing the hard work in this. Like, God, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to begin to study your word. I never have. I don't even understand it. I read it and it doesn't make sense. But, God, I'm going to study it. I'm going to begin to love you and love your word. I'm going to find, I'm going to start looking at this as treasure and there's, there's a treasure in there for me today. What is it, Lord, that you're going to give me today? Help me find it.
Turn with me to 1 Peter chapter 3, verse 15. If I can find it here. 1 Peter chapter 3, 15. And it says this. But sanctify the Lord God in your hearts in always. What does always mean? <laughs> yeah, in the Greek, it means always. It's like always, like all the time, every time. Okay, this is a challenge. Okay. Always be ready to give a defense to everyone. How many? Everyone. Everyone who asks you a reason for the hope that is in you with meekness and fear. Always being ready to give a defense to everyone that asks you. Whoa. It just got serious in here, didn't it? This is serious. Because Jesus' mission is serious. Jesus' mission is serious. He wants us to be serious about taking the gospel, about living the gospel to the world. About living, about loving people, about showing your family. It's not about a 15-minute devotional with your kids in the morning and then, and then you live life. No, it's about doing life with your kids. It's about loving them along the way. It's about showing them the way and teaching them the word and giving them an example to follow. So this is a challenge. This is, this is the challenge for us right here. As, as we get ready, we need to be ready, man. We need to be studied. So, so I want to turn, now I want you to turn, we're going to go to our text for this morning, and that's Luke chapter 10. Luke chapter 10, and we're going to look at the last part of chapter 9. And there's two things I want us to see. <clears throat> I told you we'd be all over the place. There's two things we're going to see. We're going to see the cost, and then we're going to see the mission. Two things, the cost and the mission. So let's go there in verse 57 of chapter 9. This is Jesus, and he's... He's hanging out with his disciples. He's kind of, he's, he's doing ministry, and, and there's some guys that come up to him, and, and they, they're saying, Jesus, I want to follow you. And, and this is what he says, and now it happened in verse 57. As they journeyed on the road that someone said to him, Lord, I will follow you wherever you go. Now that's pretty, that's pretty bold statement, right? I'm, Lord, I'm going to follow you. And then Jesus said to him, foxes have holes and birds, have, uh, birds of the air have nests, but the Son of Man has nowhere to lay his head. Okay, that's kind of an interesting comment by Jesus. Hey, Jesus, I want to follow you. He goes, well, I don't have a home. What is Jesus saying? He's saying, I don't have anything. 
And if you come and follow me, your, your possessions better not be important to you. If you're not willing to give up your possessions for me, then you're really not going to, you're not really willing to follow me. He's not saying that you need to give up your stuff. He's saying you need to be willing to lay it down and give it up. He's, he means that it's, it's time to possibly give up the, the toy that you have so that your family wins. Because whatever it is that he, God wants you to do that, that makes you do this, then, get, then, then it may need to go. That's the first thing. This is the cost. I mean, this is getting serious. And then he said, another guy came and he said, then, then he said to another, and he says, follow me. But he said, he said, Lord, let me first go bury my father. And Jesus said to him, let the dead bury their own dead, but you go and preach the kingdom of God. Now that's pretty serious. He's like, hey, uh, uh, I got someone I need to go bury over here. And he's, he's basically saying, let the spiritually dead bury the, the physical dead. There's something more important that you need to think of, and that is your death and where you're going. There's something more serious about this life than a funeral. It's about your funeral. It's about where you're going and who you're following and what you're doing. Your first priority needs to be me, Jesus is saying. Your first priority needs to be me. So you need to take up your cross and you need to die to yourself instead of doing what you want to do in your flesh. I want to go help my friend. I want to do this. No, Jesus is first. Now, now he just got really radical there because it just seems like that's, there's no compassion there. But he's making a point. You want to follow me? This is what it will take. Then he goes on and another person came to him and said, Lord, I will follow you. In verse 61, but let me first go, bid farewell, bid the, uh, let, let me go, first go and bid them farewell who are at my house. So there's some people hanging out at his house. He must have been important. Some say that he, he must have had some important people over. And, and so he wanted to look good and he wanted to send, send them off good and, and be, uh, you know, reputable among them. And he says, what does he say? No one having put his hand to the plow and looking back is fit for the kingdom of God. Whoa. Jesus is saying, you cannot look back when I've called you to go looking forward. You cannot be preoccupied with the things that are, that are in, in, in the back of your life. I'm what needs to take priority in your mind. You cannot put your hands to the plow and then look back. You're not fit for the kingdom of heaven. Guys, this is the cost. This is serious. Like, I'm, we could just end right there. Like, now I want to I encourage you in this because this is, this is like pretty heavy. 
than serious. So how do we get here? How do we get our minds and our hearts and our desires here? We delight ourselves in the Lord. He has to be our all in all. He's got to be. We've got we've to return to the awe of God that is so, so awesome and so good every day that we, we, we thrive on Him. We hold on to Him. We, we are challenged by, by His presence and we're, we're moved to a place of reverence because we know we're in the presence of God and it's, it's, that, it's, it's that heavy God, you're here, and I'm in mission with you. And God, I can't do this without you. And I, but but I'm, in, in your, I'm in your mission today, and I'm going to go and do it. And I'm serious. I'm going to do the hard work. And I'm going to get to the other side. And I'm going to take that test, and I'm going to pass it, God. And I'm going to get to the place where you're pleased, and you can say, good and faithful servant. Because it's serious business. Now, that's the heavy stuff. Now, I want to give us some light stuff, okay? So he goes on, and, and, and right after that, okay, he, he has this incredible, the cost. This is what it takes to be a disciple. And we've listened this whole weekend about what it means to be a disciple. Like, we need to be empowered with the Holy Spirit. We need to, we need to be a men of prayer. We need to trust that God's going to move in a greater way. We're, he's going he's gonna to be, he's going to fight our battles. We, uh, Eric was talking about uh, abiding and, and finding our, our investment in, in, in going the distance with, with our families and all of those things. And then last night, finding our identity in Christ. So that's what a disciple is. We've got to have all of that in order to go out and now do this, right? You with me? Okay, so we have to have those things in order to be that disciple that's discipling someone else. Okay, but we're, call, we're called into discipleship. Okay, not just to be a disciple, we have to then pass it on to faithful men like we, we read before. So Jesus is about to do that in these guys' lives. He's okay, okay, now you've heard the cost, and those that are following him were real, were, were the followers, the, his true followers. And so Jesus puts them into mission right here in, in chapter 10. He says, after these things, the Lord appointed 70 others also, and he sent them two by two before his face into every city and place where he himself was about to go. So, he sends out these 70 to go out and do his work, right? And he does it, and there's something very special. We're going to see some things, how, how we are to go out in mission, okay? He's going to show us some very specific things. So, as, you are, as you're listening to this, I want you to think of yourself. As God is calling you into mission, he's calling you into to discipleship, into ministry. And some of you, God is calling to be pastors. I'll be honest. God's calling you to step up and teach and, and to use the gift that God's given you inside you to, call, to, to teach the word of God. To give up your, your life for him so that others may know. Some of you he's calling into to, uh, to serve in a greater way that, so that those that teach can continue to teach the word. To be a, a, a Stephen that serves tables. 
Some of you, God's calling you into, to, to, uh, to be an evangelist, to, to preach the gospel. Some of you, he's, he's called you to be givers. All the gifts that God's given for the body to, to equip the saints. But then he says, this is, as I send you out, I want you to be aware of these things. So he says, I'm going to, he sends these 70, 70 out, and he sends them out what? Two by two, right? He sends them out two by two. This is what I want you to understand. Ministry, you don't do it alone. If you're feeling like, gosh, you know, God's calling me into this, and I, I don't know, I'm all alone, I don't know how to do this, then you're doing it wrong. He wants you to do it with others. He wants you to do it with somebody. He wants you to be, have a comrade in ministry that you're walking through ministry. So when you're down, he, the other can pick you up. And when he's down, you can pick them up. Ministry is done together. You can't do it alone. Then he goes on and he says, uh, so then he said to them, the harvest truly is great, but the laborers are few. Therefore, pray the Lord of the harvest to send out laborers into his harvest. So he says, okay, the harvest is great. So what is a harvest? Tell me. It's a gathering of stuff. Like, it's already ready, right? You don't have to do any work other than gather it. Right? Jesus is saying, I've already prepared the harvest field. But there's no one out there picking the harvest. That should hit us. The laborers are few. There's no one out there. There's no one out doing it. They're all sitting at their house watching Netflix. Right? There's no laborers in the harvest. And then he says, pray to the Lord of the harvest that there would be laborers sent out to the harvest. And what does Jesus do? Then he just sends them out, right? <laughs> so that's what, that, that's what God's about. He, he wants to send us out into mission. He's sending them out into the mission that God's called him to. And so he says, pray. Man, if, you're getting, if your heart's getting stirred this morning because of this, pray. Say, God, Put me into mission with you. But watch out, because he'll answer. <laughs> He's really serious about this. He just said, pray the Lord of the harvest. And then in the next verse, He's already, he sent them out into the harvest. And then he says in verse 3, go your way. Behold, I send you out as lambs among wolves. Cool. Thanks, Lord. Sign me up for that, right? Have you ever seen lambs uh, fight wolves? Yeah, not so good, right? It doesn't look good for us already, right? Hey, um, I'm excited. Pray, and I'm going to send you out now. We're going to go out to the harvest field. And um, by the way, you're going to go uh, like lambs among wolves. Cricket, cricket. It's like, it's like, Lord, really? Are you serious? Turn over to First uh, Corinthians chapter one. Verse twenty six, I believe. 
It says this, verse 26, for you see, for you see your calling, brethren, that not many are wise according to the flesh, not many are mighty, not many noble are called, but God has called the foolish things of the world to put to shame the wise, and God has chosen the weak things of the world to put to shame the things which are mighty. Why is he sending us out as lambs among wolves? Answer my question. So he can be glorified. Because God's going to what? He's going to work. He's going to protect us. He's going to win the battle. He's going to fight our battles. He's going to set you up to look like you're going to lose, but you're going to win. Because then you have to trust in the Lord. There's a dependence on him. He's like, God, I don't know how this is going to work, but God, you're going to, you need to show up here. I was on the mission field, church planning in Mexico, many, a uh, few years back. And I remember this. I was like, God, you've called me into mission. I'm excited. I'm going to go out and plant this church. And I'm going out there. And I got out there, and, and I'm out there starting to plant this church. And, and I didn't know anyone in the state, in, in Chihuahua City when I went there. It was in Chihuahua City, Mexico. And I'd moved my family there and all that. And I remember going out. This was really, really, really real for me. Um, now, I'm this church planning pastor, right? And I, I'm supposed to be like, okay, I'm, I'm, I'm going to go out and I'm going to church plant. I, like, I've never done this before. I don't know what I'm doing. You know, I, I think I read like half a book on it. And then I just started asking the Lord, Lord, I need you to direct me. I need you to uh, help me. And my, my wife would get up in the morning, and she would, uh, she would homeschool the kids. And, and I would get up, and I would go like, okay, I'm going to go church plant today. All right, I'll, I'll see you later, honey. Have fun schooling the kids. I'm going to go do church planting. I don't know anybody, and I don't speak the language, but I'm going to go and do it. Way to go, yeah. I got in my car the first day, and I was like, Lord, what am I doing? Like, I found every coffee shop in Chihuahua City. There's like three of them. And I went there every day. I was like, I'll have the same thing as I got yesterday. And I just started talking to people. And I felt like a lamb among wolves. I was like, Lord, I don't see how this is going to work. Like, I'm supposed to start a church. And four months later, we started with 29 people. Because God is bigger. I couldn't see it, but God could see it. And I started to depend on him, and he started to move. And he started to do the work for me, and he started to work uh, uh, beyond me. I was just faithful. God, I'm going to get in my car every day at 9 o'clock. I'm going to go out. And my wife would sometimes call me at lunch. She's like, how's it going? And I'm like, it's the same as yesterday. <laughs> I'm drinking a lot of coffee. 
pray for me? And today, there's a church of two to 300 people serving the Lord. Yeah. And what's so awesome is I handed that off a year, a year and a half ago, and God's still blowing the doors on that church. They're just doing awesome. God's just doing an incredible work down there. Because it's not about me. It's not about you. It's not about us. It's about him. Lambs among wolves. I'm sending you out like lambs among wolves. Now he says, now, now I want you to uh, hear something else. He says, carry nothing, neither money bag or knapsack nor sandals, and greet no one along the road. So there's two things there. Okay, don't take anything with you, and don't greet anyone along the way. Now, if you understand what he's talking about, greeting people along the way, it was cultural at that time. When you go somewhere, you say, hey, bro, what's up, man? And then, and then you'd be hanging out, and you'd be talking to them, and then you're like, uh, you, you kind of go back and forth and say, so how's your family? It's not like in the United States. You'd be like, oh, yeah, we're good. Okay, cool, man, great. See you later. It, we act, they actually cared. You know what I mean? Like they said, how's your family? He said, well, we're not doing good. They were, they were honest. And then they would have to rap for a little while and be like, whoa, man, that's, uh, hey, you know. And, and they would have to hang. And then, and he said, so don't do that. I want you to stay on, on course. I want you to stay on mission of what I have to go do. Jesus is going, as you come down the mountain, God's going to start to speak into the mission that he's called you to, okay, the calling that he's calling you into, and so I want to encourage you that you would step into that, and when he calls you to that, that you get serious about what he's calling you to, stay on course, don't get deterred, then he says, don't take anything with you, which is saying, God is saying, hey, I want you to depend on me. I want you to depend on the people that are around you to take care of you. I want you to depend on the resources that I have in this world to take care of what you need in this life. Okay? And he goes on in verse 5. But whoever's house you enter, first say, peace to this house. And if a son of peace is there, your peace will rest on it. If not, you will return to it, it will return to you. So he's talking about being a blessing. So if they open up their home and, and you go in, be a blessing. Let them be a blessing. Be a blessing to them. As men... Man, we need to be a blessing to the people around us. We need to be a blessing to our wife, to our kids, to the church at large. Don't just come into church on Sunday morning and believe that, the, that everything is for you. You know what I'm saying? Like, I gotta get my coffee. Where's that coffee, that free coffee? You know what I mean? Like, like it's your coffee. It's the Lord's coffee, right? So... To look around. Stop pretending that it's, this is all for you. Instead of, God, I'm here to be a part of what you're doing. 
I'm here to be a part of your house. This is your house, Lord, and I'm coming in as a servant. Lord, where do, what do you want me to do? Can I have a cup of coffee? Lord, please. I need to stay awake. Some of you need some coffee this morning. So he said, be a blessing. And then, and, uh, and then he says, be blessed. Uh, verse 7, and, and remain in the house and eating and drinking such things as they give you, as they give, for the laborers is worthy of their wages. Do not go from house to house. Whatever city you enter, they, they receive you. Eat such things as are set before you. So they're saying, hey, hey, if someone invites you into their home and then you see a better option over there, like, that's a nicer house. That's some better food over there. Don't do that. Just be content with what God's given you. And sometimes in ministry, we do the same thing. You know, we're like, hey, that guy's got a better Bible study than me. He's got a better time, like, slot. Like, I have to do Bible study on Tuesdays when everybody's doing theirs, and I'd rather do it on Saturday. Or I'd rather do mine on Tuesday and, like, Come on. Like, that's what the Lord's given you. Be content. Like, be involved and be content with God's placed you in the midst of it. Be blessed. Stop complaining. That's what the Lord is saying. Don't, don't worry. Be blessed with what he's given you. And then he goes on in verse 9. And heal the sick there and say to them, the kingdom of God has come near to you. But whatever city you enter, they do not, re- and they do not receive you. Go out into the streets and say, and say, the very dust of the city which clings to to us, we wipe off against you. Nevertheless, know this that the kingdom of God has come near you. But I say to you that if if it will be more tolerable in that day for Sodom than for that city. So he says, in verse 9, he says, heal the sick there and say to them, the kingdom of God has come. And what, what I want you to understand is God's going to use you to do greater things than yourself. He's going to use you. He's given you authority to, to trample on serpents and scorpions, to, to cast out demons. He's given you authority to, to heal the sick we got to start taking this seriously, guys. It's not a joke. It's not like, oh, yeah, that happened then. No, Jesus says it's yours now. So take the authority and begin to move out in the power of God and believe that he's going to move. Now, that doesn't mean to be foolish or ignorant or immature. He's saying go out in the power of God. Believe that God is going to have your back. Does that make sense? And then, and then he goes on and he says, if you go into a city and they don't receive you, then, then uh, knock off the dust off your feet, feet and keep going. And what he's trying to say is there's going to be rejection that comes into the ministry. When God starts, when you start stepping out in mission, guys, 
And I'm not talking about being just a pastor or a Bible study leader. I'm talking about taking your place in your house. Guess what? You're going to get opposition. There's going to be rejection. There's going to be things that are going to come your way, and, they're not gonna, and it's not going to be good. What you're going to do is you're going to say, Lord, thank you. I'm moving on. I'm going to continue in it. I'm going to keep going forward. I'm not going to be stopped by this. Amen? I'm going to be a man. I'm going to, be, I'm going to stay on mission, and I'm going to do what God's called me to do. And then Jesus continues to go in verse 13 through 16. He, he calls out these cities, and he says, Woe to you, Chorazin. Woe to you, Bethsaida. Woe to you, um, uh, Capernaum. Because he says, when the gospel came to your cities, you didn't listen. And he says, if, if that same gospel would have come to Tyre and Sidon, which were Gentile cities, they would, have, they would have repented and said, Lord, we want to know you. Lord, we need you. And responded in, 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 in a response of, of repentance. But you, these, these Jewish cities, did nothing. They rejected Christ. And he's saying, woe to you. And then he goes on in verse 17. Then the, the 70 returned. And this is the last point that I want to make. The 70 returned. They, they went out, okay? They got their orders. They went out into mission. They came back and they said, they were, they were stoked. Like it says joy. They returned with joy. They were, they were so excited. Like, Jesus, I got to tell you. Now, I, my daughters do this. I have four daughters. And when they go on like a, a camp, a Christian camp, they go, they go there for the weekend, they go on a mission trip, and they come back, and they're like, Dad, this is so awesome. And how many of you have girls? Yeah. So you, some of you understand what I'm going to say. They, they come back, and they're just, they're just like, Dad, Dad, you know, this is so good. And they're just like, just like talking, and they're so excited. And, oh, my gosh, it was so cool. And this guy, this guy, what? A guy. I mean, this, these, these, these people, these friends, and all these things, and, you know, and, uh, and, but they're just talking. They're so excited about God, what, what God was doing, and they were just filled with joy. And I'm just like, whoa, like, you, you, I can't handle this. How many of you understand what I'm talking about? It's like, can, can you just take a time out? Because I, I need a break. <laughs> My daughters can get talking fast, and I was like, uh, I lost you like five minutes ago. <laughs> so these guys, they come back. The disciples are so excited. They're like, oh, my God, my God, Jesus, you, you, what you said came true. Right? And here's what they say. They say, uh, the 70 returned with joy saying, Lord, even the demons were subject to us in your name. They couldn't believe it. They were, even the demons were subject to us in your name. To us. I want you to get this. To us. And then Jesus responds kind of weird. He says, and he said to them, I saw Satan fall 
like lightning from heaven. I saw Satan, who was in heaven, an angelic being, fall from heaven to hell, taken out of ministry. Whoa. Jesus, we're so stoked, man. They were subject to us in your name. It was so cool. And they were so stoked on that moment. And Jesus said, I saw Satan fall like lightning from heaven. And then he goes on, and I'll get to why he said that in just a second. Hopefully you got it already. And he says, Behold, I give you the authority to trample on serpents and scorpions and over all the power of the enemy. Nothing shall by any means hurt you. That is true. That is what he has given us. That is what we need to believe. But he also says, nevertheless, which is, uh, guys, that's important, but this is more important what I'm about to say. Nevertheless, do not rejoice in this. Don't rejoice in that, but rejoice that the spirits, uh, uh, nevertheless, do not rejoice in this, that the spirits are subject to you. That's not the important thing. Oh, I think they're like, oh, I think I'm starting to get it, Jesus. And then he says, but rather rejoice because your names are written in heaven. Because you're mine. That's what's most important. That's what it's all about. That you're my child. That you're in mission with me. That you're mine. That you're following me. I'm in the front. And, and, and you're following me out. As others follow behind you. And what he's saying is, as you're called into mission, pride can get the best of you. Jesus, they were, the, those, the demons were subject to us. <sighs> Whew. I can stand a little taller. You know what I mean? Like, they were subject to me. Like, I. And guys, when God starts to use you, you can start to get a little prideful. You can start to think, oh, I'm somebody. Like, did you see what God did through me last night? Did you see what God did two years ago when I was on the mission field? Do you know what God did? And we can start to put our, ourselves up here instead of putting Jesus up here. So as we go home, as the band comes up, The cost, the cost is great, amen? It's hard. Guys, I'm, I'm preaching to myself. There is some of this that I'm, uh, I, it still gets me. Like I can't, it's hard for me to swallow because I like some of my comforts. 
And so the cost is great. And I want to encourage you to consider the cost this morning. Let's get really serious about where we're going in the next 45 minutes to an hour as we go home. Let's get serious about what he's, what we're going home to. And then as we start to step into mission with the Lord, we've got to be aware of these things. That we don't get prideful. That we don't think that we're something greater than we should. That we understand that God wants, God has, has a plan for us. That we don't do ministry alone. That, that he's calling us into, into mission, into to the harvest that's already ready for us. If we just pray and ask him to use us, he will. That, that we're lambs among wolves. And so it, gets us, it gives, gives us a, per, a perspective or a picture that, that God, you've got to go before us because we're not going to win without you. We can't do it alone. We can't do it alone without anybody else, but also with the Lord. And then, one last verse I just want to look at. He says, um, in verse 21, uh, down uh, in that chapter, he says, In that hour Jesus rejoiced in the Spirit, uh, which I wish I would have seen what that looked like. Um, But he says, I thank you, Father, Lord of heaven and earth, that you have hidden these things. He's probably kind of chuckling under his breath, like, Lord, you... You have hidden these things from the wise and the prudent and revealed them to babes. That's you. The foolish things of this world, babes, we're, we're just, we're, we don't have a lot to offer. Like, what does a baby do? Like, it just, it just exists. Like, you got to feed it and then you got to change his diaper and then it doesn't do a whole lot. It can't do a whole lot. That's what God's saying. You're not very helpful. (laughs) But with me, right? With me, we can do all things. With me, we can conquer the world. With me, my mission is going to get accomplished because God chose you to do this. He wants to use you. He wants to use you to get this done, to get the mission done. He's waiting for you to step into mission with him. Don't wait. Amen? Let's pray. Let's stand up. Father, we just thank you. We thank you for this challenge this morning to count the cost of discipleship and to understand your mission and to understand when you send us into mission what to be ready for. Right where you're at, if, if, if that's where you're at, Lord, if that's where you're at and the Lord has been just saying, okay, you need to step into mission with him. I just want you to raise your hand. Just put it up there. You just want to be in mission with God. Like, I'm, I'm all in, Lord. I'm, I want to follow you. I want to be a disciple of you. Just, just put your hand up. It should be hands all over. 
I got my hand up because that's me, Lord. God, we respond to you this morning. We're saying, God, we want to be in mission. Take our lives. Use us for your glory. Use us in our families. Use us in our children's lives, Lord. Use us as men to touch other men's lives. Lord, use us in the church. Use us in our neighborhoods. Lord, use us in our city. Lord, use us in our workplace, Lord. Use us as we stand here, Lord. We, we are babes. Lord, we don't, we don't have a lot to offer. We don't even have a much talent uh, altogether. But Lord, through you, the, the talent giver, Lord, you can do all things. You can do incredible things. And so, Lord, we stand in, in obedience, Lord, saying we want to be a part of that. Jesus, see our hands. See our hearts. Help us to walk this out. In Jesus' name we pray, amen.